Hello, everyone. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. I am so excited that you are with us today. Be sure and follow us on our social media at From Beer to the Bible. We are on all the major platforms, and I am here with the leader of this ministry, Irvin Lee. So excited to be with you today, Irvin. And, you know, you do so much for this ministry. You're so involved in the community, helping men and women who are looking to get sober and um, volunteering your time and your efforts. And, and I'm so grateful for all that you do. And I'd like to ask you today, okay. what does it feel like to be Irvin today? Wow. Um, gratitude. Gratitude that I have a relationship with God. I'm grateful for the ability to love God and love others, to love God and to love others. Because I was selfish, self-centered, and most of my problems I came to realize were self-inflicted and self-directed. Mm -hmm. And the remedy for that was learning to love God, right? And And I mean, loving for who he is, not for what he is, and learning to receive and have a father, because I didn't really have a father in my house. I love my father, but he was not in my house. So the function of relating to a father was a struggle for me. Uh, learning to love him, learning to love God, um, and then taking the love that I have for God and then starting to learn to love myself because I did a lot of really uh, bad things. Um, and then the other problem I had was I really know how to love others. I just didn't understand how that was, was to work, to love others, to forgive others, um, and to have empathy. And by serving and helping others, and taking an interest in their well-being, I have learned to love. So I would say what it feels like to be me today is all about love. God is love. And I think we don't talk about God being love enough. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a scripture that says he looked upon them as sheep without a shepherd. And he had compassion. And a guy who was filled with fear, doubt, uh, anxiety, mm -hmm. and depression and no hope is now filled with love, faith, and hope mm -hmm. because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. So tell me about when you started seeing God as the Father. Have you always seen God as the Father and that love and that compassion have you have you had that view of him for a long time or did that happen later in life or what was your experience around that uh when i was in treatment they had a basketball court and i went out and to be honest i, I said to myself i'm just going to be spiritual i don't know what that means mm -hmm. but i said you know what? i'm just gonna have it out with god i said tell him everything he made me faulty he allowed me to fall in addiction. Just listen to me projecting on God. And instead of him smiting me out, he just loved on me. He accepted everything I had to say in my, my transparency and giving him all of the things that I had been carrying about my perception of him. 
And when he did that, I realized, man, God is good. Even when I wasn't good, even when I wasn't doing things the right way, even when I didn't, I felt like he was punishing me, which he wasn't. But he had to show me the different facets inside of God and that he was everything I needed. Because growing up with, we have a lot of things, but we had a lot of love and we had a lot of faith. Uh, and I kind of forgot all that, right? When I got into the world, I kind of wanted things my way. But I've just learned that everything I need and everything I'm searching for is in Christ, but I have to daily go back to the source so that then he can resource our ministry, my life, my marriage, and my relationships. I just had to relax in Christ, though. And now you have the opportunity to show the the love of Christ, which you do so often with, with everybody that you touch. So I just encourage you and thank you so much for all that you do for this ministry and for, you know, the people that are looking to get sober. And, and you're definitely a, an example of hope and of love in Christ. So. Oh, thank you. Don't make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that after this, you're going to share your wonderful testimony about our true identity, which is always in Christ. And so many times we get lost in wrapping our identity up in, in people, places, and things. And our God is a righteous, and he has righteous jealousy, right? And he only wants our identity to be found and to live and to dwell in the spirit of Christ Jesus. So super excited for what's coming next. So stay tuned. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And remember, we're always there for you. I want to share something with you today that was life-changing for me, and it could be for you as well. I discovered this a couple of years ago, and it completely shifted my perspective on everything. And from it, I have discovered true joy. And I'm not talking about fleeting happiness. I'm talking about soul-level joy and the type that permeates your entire being. Well, let me give you a little backstory before I share what it, what it was that I learned. Um, you know, after knowing about God for my entire life, I actually began to know God about eight years ago. Um, my highlight reel on social media looked like a life anyone would want and what the world would tell you is success. I had started a company. It was very successful. Um, it was a fitness company. I was helping thousands of women across the state change their lives through fitness. Um, you know, I had the big house. I had the cars and the vacations and all of these things that the world defines as success. Um, you know, it looked like the American dream, but the reality was internally, I was completely spiritually bankrupt and very empty. And there was a void that none of that could fill. I'm so grateful now that I was able to experience that brokenness at the height of my success, according to the world standards, um, because there are so many moments when I think back to that and realize that none of that stuff matters at the end of the day. I've also experienced incredible joy in the midst of having very little um, but I want to give you a little bit of history before I, I share with you what it is that I've, I've discovered in the last few years. 
God rescued me when I made the smallest effort toward him back in November of 2015. I had been using alcohol for a really long time to cope with that void that every human is born with, that only God is intended to fill. I think humans are always searching for happiness and peace and contentment. And some search through, you know, there's a variety of ways we look for that. Um, some turn to other people, to pornography, to obsessive exercising, to being a workaholic. Um, I turned to alcohol at a very young age. And on November 12, 2015, I put alcohol down and I reached ever so slightly toward God. And he rescued me and wrapped me up in his gracious, loving arms with just that, that little bit of desire in my heart to get to know him. Um, at the age of 42, I was now beginning to develop a relationship with my creator. And it is so true that God does not require us to clean up our act before coming to him and approaching him. He doesn't require us to get good or, or you know, um, make huge changes in our lives before we're worthy to come to him. He meets us where we are. And if you are playing that story in your mind that you have to get cleaned up before you come to him, I want to I want you to know that that is a lie from the enemy. Um, his grace is sufficient. And if the enemy can keep you believing that you've got to get good before you go to God, then he's won. And that is just not the truth. God does the changing. We just have to ask and approach him, no matter what we've done or what we're doing. Um, but having lived outside of a relationship with God for so long, there were remnants of old ways of thinking that I still bought into. And one of those things was about my identity. Our culture is so wrapped up in titles, success, and chasing the things of this world that sometimes I think we can get wrapped up in these things and, and they can become our core identity. If I identify myself and wrap my worth, value, and energy and trust into being a successful business owner, well, what happens if the business fails or goes away? If I identify myself and wrap my worth, value, and energy around being a mom, what happens when my kids go off to college and start their own lives? What about if I wrap it up in a relationship and that relationship dissolves or there is a betrayal? The soul level happiness I was talking about in the beginning is not produced by any of those things. All of those things are a gift and they're blessings and they're wonderful, but they're not the place I should be putting my core identity or my trust. The thing I discovered that shifted my entire perspective on everything was my true identity in Christ and him alone. How did I discover that? It was through loss. I was in a place where I felt like I was alone on an island, like I, I literally had just lost everything. But the beautiful realization from that was that all of those things are blessings from God. They're gifts from him. And at the end of the day in our lives, it's just me and God. It took me being isolated and feeling alone to realize I'm actually never alone when I'm in relationship with him. His word provides clarity about who he says I am. And notice I said that I felt like I'd lost everything. That's truly how it felt. However, the reality is that feelings are real, but they're not reliable. That feeling of isolation was simply a moment in my life where God had my full attention. And he recalibrated my focus to where it should be first, which is seeking his kingdom. The truth was I had misplaced these relationships and roles in my life that I play on this earth to be of higher importance than my relationship with his, with him. And it was out of order. 
So today, if you're feeling a certain way about a situation, know this. Feelings have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And it won't always stay like this. If you're a believer, just know that God works all for your good, even if you cannot see that in the midst of your circumstances right now. With this newfound knowledge of my true identity and understanding, several, several things happen. So much happened. I have a new boldness to speak about Christ, a solid foundation to build from, and an unquenchable thirst to know him more and allow him to guide my life, to become a vessel that is useful to his kingdom. It really changes the way we see the world. The relationship takes priority over any other relationship I have. We can approach God with confidence and ask of him what we need. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I don't have to call five people in a time of crisis anymore to determine what to do. I can go to the creator of the universe and ask for direction and know that he hears my prayers. Seeking godly wisdom is, I think, and it's an important thing to do. But if I'm not also seeking God's will through prayer, very intentional time spent with him, I am missing something. We can rest in his protection and provision and then respond in obedience when prompted. Not responding with obedience out of fear or like I need to work for my salvation or I can get good enough, but from a place of loving and wanting to please him because I know he knows what's best for me. That only developed within me after building a relationship with him. I have found time after time that obedience is really the key to unlock spiritual doors that nothing else would. In John 14, Jesus says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him we will come to him and make our home with him. Obedience is a key part of remaining close to him. Here are some of the things I want to speak over you today if you're a Christ follower and walking with him. Know that he says this about you. Take a moment, just close your eyes, and let me remind you of who God says you are as a follower of Jesus. You are a new creation. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world a child of God, a part of the true vine, a branch of Christ's life, a friend of God, chosen and appointed to bear fruit, resurrected to a new life, a slave to righteousness, a joint heir with Christ, sharing in his inheritance, the dwelling place of God, united to the Lord, a member of Christ's body, a new creation, reconciled to God, God's workmanship made to do good works, righteous and holy, a citizen of heaven, hidden with Christ in God, an heir to eternal life, a holy partaker of a heavenly calling, a member of a chosen race, a holy nation, chosen of God, holy and dearly loved. And y'all, these are just some of the things that you are as a follower of Christ. There are many more. That's so exciting. Every one of these truths come from Scripture. God says this about all of his children. These are truths about a believer that the enemy would love for you to stay ignorant of. I think it's terrifying to him if every Christian fully grasped who God says we are as a follower of him. He would love to keep you, Satan would love to keep you chasing after an identity of things of this world and stay out of the spiritual realm and thinking from an eternal perspective. 
But if more people grasp what God says about who we are as his children, I'm convinced it would empower more Christians to be what he wants us to be and allow us to live in a state of that soul level joy. I want to encourage you to claim that today. When you spend time studying scripture and fully comprehend who God says you are as a disciple of his, you walk differently. You talk differently. Your desires change. His word transforms you. And I only know this because it happened to me. When COVID hit, I made a decision that if we were going to be stuck in our houses for the next little bit, I wanted to emerge more Bible literate than when it all began. So I'd never really dedicated time to reading scripture, um, but I began to start each day with that. And I prayed for God to give me a thirst to know him more. And he sure did. It has been transformational. I learned about the character of God, how much he loves us, the attributes of God, his just more, so much more about him. And from that, it developed in me a love for him that changed my heart. Romans 12, 2 tells us this. This is one of my favorite verses. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Spending time with him each day in the scripture and prayer is a renewal of my mind. He gives us just what we need for that day. He's the bread of life. What started off as just time in the morning grew in me as a desire to abide with him throughout the day. And it was a transformation that I could not have brought about on my own. If you know about God, but don't truly know God because you've let things of this world get in the way or take priority at the expense of your relationship with the Lord, I want to encourage you to just take a step back and begin to seek his kingdom first. Sometimes pain can be an incredible motivator. In my darkest hours, if I turn my attention to the Lord and away from the circumstances I'm in, things change. And while the difficulties may not go away, my perspective changes every single time. I want to leave you with this verse that sums it all up. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So keep your focus on him today. Give him the opportunity to begin to use you for his kingdom. God bless.